What is up, everybody? Back again, another episode of the Fan Session Podcast. Uh, coming your way. I'm very excited about this one. This is basically just a... The last few episodes were the bowl season wrap-up, the parts, you know, part one and two. Did my... A couple... I'll add more recruiting, like, prospects to it and see for the draft coming up in April. But this one is basically just our thoughts. And I've got Tyson back. I'm very yeah. excited for that. Um, so, yeah, we were able to, to get together for, for what felt like an eternity yeah. away from each other, um, but yeah. So real quick, this is we the did we did get to watch that Georgia Michigan game together. Though. Part of a half, heck yeah, we did. <laughs> first half of it, yeah. <laughs> but real quick, this is the fan section brought to you for fans by fans from across the college landscape. Section one hundred, section three hundred, bleaches down to the suites. Welcome everybody. Uh, that is Tyson. I am Alan, and we are your hosts. Just two dudes talking college, dropping knowledge. Real quick before we start, take the time to like, subscribe. Uh, Please leave us a five-star. We will definitely read the podcast comments on air, as we've already had two of them that we've read. Um, also, the fan section one at gmail.com, and then our Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, anything you can think of on social media platforms, we are there. So, having said all that fun stuff, the season is officially over. You know what I mean? Like, with, I, well, technically it is. For me, it isn't because you still have. Um, like the transfer portals and all the players that are deciding to come back, and that's like that'll be until August, right? Like you'll be deciding who's playing where and stuff like that. This is the time of the season when Alan's wizardry <laughs> is so prominent with the with the NFL uh, uh, previews and uh, and rankings for each of the players and the recruiting and transfer portal going crazy now. Yeah. See, this is all stuff. Alan is the expertise on this. This is stuff. the uh, yeah. So this is where my season starts, and I guess the off season begins for a lot of people. So. So tune in, for sure, because there's going to be a bunch of content throughout the year, leading you all the way up to August and kickoff um, against the Georgia-Oregon game, which is 2022. And I only mention Georgia-Oregon because, obviously, this is not a Georgia podcast, but my dogs finally were able to go one over Bama, which was awesome. I Congratulations. So happy. So Congratulations. Happy. Thank That's... you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Congratulate them. The parade was yeah. today. Stetson Bennett announced that he is officially coming back. So... Don't know what that means for JT Daniels. Don't know what that means for Brock Vandegrift, Caleb Williams potentially. Don't know what that means for even Gunnar Stockton, who committed. Um, so that quarterback room is full again, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, yeah, well, and they, well, they've had a couple, what, a couple years in a row now, top five recruiting classes. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. very much a kind of an Alabama dynamic with Georgia. They'll reload. Yeah, they don't. And Kirby Smart has said that we don't rebuild, we reload. Mm-hmm. And they, the so they the, they put a demographic on this page that I'm in. Dog Nation elites that had their defense for next year. If Nolan Smith comes back, every single player will be five stars on that defense. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's insane, and they're all sophomores. It's outside of Nolan Smith, who would be a senior if he came back. And Walker decided. So yeah, there's a bunch of players we can get into who didn't or did come back for my dogs. Um, but what I want to get into is real quick to start. What did you think of the college football season overall? Best out of ten. I, I would give it a seven or an eight. I mean, yeah. I, the the parody down the stretch. You had Ohio State and Clemson both out of the playoff, which opened the door for Cincinnati, Michigan. But you had Ohio State kind of in the mix until the very end there. Like, right. Had that loss to Michigan not right. happened. Ohio State's in it. The the well, yeah. I'm just saying, sort of a big story, headline storyline yeah, yeah. is you know we've we've gotten very uh, kind of tired and fatigued with. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State every year, and yeah, Notre Dame too, yeah. to some extent. Yeah. And so to see some fresh faces, even though they got pounded, and, <laughs> and also, I got to tell you, just the, the cherry on top was, I mean, unquestionably, Georgia was the best team. There's no question about it. There's right. no debate. They went up against the dynasty, mm-hmm. and and 
played them tough in the first half, and then really Georgia really dominated. The they had half. The, it was the third quarter. Yeah, honestly, that's the tale of two tapes. I mean, like when when I saw Bryce Young storm down the field and score. In the in the, the beginning of the third quarter, I was like, "Here we go!" Mm-hmm. Like, and I and all dog fans can probably attest to this saying, "Damn, you know what I mean?" <laughs> like, we had him, we had him, we we just couldn't, we can't score. Put in JT mm-hmm. Daniels, and we were, I was clamming for JT. Like, no offense to Stetson, I just didn't think he did. He had to have played the perfect game, and he did. Yeah, he did exactly what he had to do. That's a good point. The, Georgia's know, offense was pretty conservative. In the very first anemic. Half. It was very anemic, yeah. and then and then Zamir White came alive, mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, they've got something rolling. And then Brock Bowers finally made an appearance, and it was like all these players that were just too talented that didn't for some reason show up in the title game, the SEC championship game, they showed up in the net mm-hmm. when it mattered, which is awesome. And you just oh. wonder what was said at halftime. Like, I mean. It was it was an it was amazing. I cried like I was yeah. crying at the when they hosted the trophy. Like, hey, it was just... I mean you're you're a legit all time Georgia <laughs> fan. I you I hope uh, it was amazing. I hope you enjoyed it, man. When Keely Ringo t- the the pick six, I was just yeah. that was I mean obviously I, I right then to Facebook as soon as he mm-hmm. did, as soon as he did it, I said my dogs won the national title because yeah. I knew it was over. Like it was it was special. And then when you guys came over I, against Michigan when they kicked that field goal, I know it was a field goal. But I shook your wife's hand and I said, "Oh, this game's over." Like, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was over at that point because yeah. Michigan just didn't—they just didn't look like they had it to me. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where you said Georgia was the best team for sure, and you mm-hmm. had—you finally had. It was like LSU in 2019. Like after the week three, you're like, "This is one of the best teams in college football." Well, on the flip side of the ball, right? Because mm-hmm. LSU, you were like, "This is potentially the best offense I've in ever college seen. football history." Yeah, yeah. For Georgia. I think unquestionably the best defense since at least maybe like 2008 Alabama. 2000, yeah, 2008 Alabama I think is up there. Two, even 2000, what was it 2000 Miami had a yeah. really good defense, or 2001 Miami had a really good defense too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say that they were in the league of. It's just like I said, the dynamic was all five stars. Like mm-hmm. they, they outside if Nolan Smith comes back, that entire defense next year for 2022 of Georgia will be all five stars again. It's just it's it's incredible. And the only other team that can match that is Alabama. And you're just wondering, okay, you know, and now A&M with their class, but they're not going to start all those kids. There's no way. Um, but, yeah, as far as the highlight, though, you're right. There was a lot of parody. Cincinnati got in, which is amazing. Well, let me keep going real quick with that parody storyline. Uh, you, had, you had Oklahoma not win the Big 12. For once. You had Clemson not win the ACC. Mm-hmm. You had, uh, well, so you had a four-loss Utah won the Pac-12. Yeah, which is nuts. I mean, just a tons of tons of parity all across college football, mm-hmm. which which I think brings in a lot more regions. Yeah, gets a lot more. You know what I mean? When you have Purdue, yeah, Purdue won two games over it's top five teams. The, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think it was a, a fun, awesome, wonderful season. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you really had a competitive Heisman race because there really wasn't one player who was. I mean Bryce Young, or Bryce Young, I guess you could say, is deserving of it. Oh yeah, but it I, I wasn't, think he was the best player. It wasn't like he was head and shoulders above no, everyone else. No, yeah. no, no, no. And and somebody asked me the question: Is is Bryce Young the best player next year? And I said, No, I don't think he's the best player. I think the best player, depending on who, I mean, he's already announced he's coming back, or he's not coming back, but he's going. Is Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa? I think he's yeah. the best overall physical football player I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, yeah, it could be yeah. like since Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the kid is going to be a rock star wherever he ends up going. But no, I, I think it's very exciting if you're 
if you were kind of off the board as like, oh yeah, I watched this year a little bit. This year had everything. Yeah. I mean, you had like I think there was more upsets by Purdue alone than there has been an entire football season. You know what I mean? Like um, usually you would get that you know one like remember Virginia I think or Virginia I think it was Virginia against Bama and the, the infamous picture of the kid on the wall. Like he's just hunched over, oh, yeah. and they all because they were up until the very end. Mm-hmm. Like that was totally years. That was your your meme coming into the season. Like, okay, we know what's going to happen. Bama's going to win it all again. And then you see teams like Georgia. You see teams like Michigan. You see teams like Okie State, and you're like, wow, there's a. It's almost like the NFL this year. Who's good? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. No. Outside of two teams, your NFL. Who's good? Yeah, your NFL forecasting for the draft. <laughs> You've got your work cut out for yeah, you, Alan. Yeah, but like, what are, what are your big picture takeaways from this season? I ended the season on a very big high. Of course, yeah. <laughs> there's one takeaway. Yeah, there's one takeaway right there. No, I mean, I'm trying not to be biased. And as far as my um, my ending the season on a high, that's Georgia. Like you said, proved above and beyond they were the best team. Um, and it was Bama, Georgia, but it was, you know, or flip that, it was Georgia, Bama, and then everybody else. And I think that came to light, like, for sure. Like, especially based on, you know, people can be mad Cincinnati made it. I'm not. I think they deserve mm-hmm. to be in. Sure. I think people can be mad that Michigan made it. Even, But the only argument is they lost to Michigan State. No, I think that they had the four best teams in there at the time. I think it was great. I do think that the fact that the committee didn't decide on how many players to or how many teams to vote in for the extended playoffs, so they declined it. They, until I think they reconvene in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's good news because that means they're talking about more than eight. And some teams, some, Nick Saban, I've already called him out on wanting not wanting more teams, which is total bullshit. I think he there needs to be more teams, um, which just opens the door for more parity. Which means if you're a fan of one of these teams, you guys can have the feeling that we Georgia fans have experienced, mm-hmm. which is what you want. You want your team to hold that that trophy. And I can't explain as a fan, just being if you're a Bama fan, you know what this feels like. But if you're if you're an Oregon fan, there's a lot of things to be looked forward to to next season. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, I just think that, especially with the transfer quarterback you guys just got in Oregon, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot more. I think it's there's more of an open road for teams like that to get in, and I think that's how it should be. So I'd say the season was an eight for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. As far as expansion, I mean. We we recognize it's not like basketball. No, no, no. Where in basketball it's not as physical, mm-hmm. so teams can get lucky, hit five, six, ten three pointers, and knock off a one seed. Yeah, it's it's you're not going to have a situation like that where uh, a, a a four seed in football gets lucky and knocks yeah. off a Georgia. Those, those, yeah. But we have seen already in this four team playoff era. The four seed has won the title. It has. The three, the two, and the, the one. one. Mm-hmm. So is won. it impossible to believe a five seed could win it? No. A six, right? So, no. so it's it's more of a true, mm-hmm. instead of, we talked about on a previous podcast about how it's almost like an invitational. It's yeah. not even really a playoff. Yeah. Well, you're, you're getting closer to a more of a true playoff. Which is good, and I mm-hmm. think that that's where they need to head. I think there for sure needs to be an expansion of the playoffs, and everybody wants that, and the committee does want that. They just can't decide on how many teams, right. which is good. That's The conversation is starting off in the right spot. Um, now, let me ask you this, though. Having seen Georgia beat Bama when it mattered, obviously, and Nick Saban being 71 years old, how realistically, I don't think he's going to coach until he's 75. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's starting to deteriorate a little bit actually right now. I really do. Like, some of the things I've seen, mannerisms and stuff like that, like, 
his emotion is. I mean, he's always kind of like that Bill Belichick type mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's let it, he's he's slipping a little bit in terms of like end of his life, obviously, which sucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, he's not going to coach forever. Is what I'm saying. Right. I have him maybe three more years. Mm-hmm. Does this win by Georgia dismantle the the Alabama dynasty? Like, Saban's already the greatest coach of all time in college sure. football, in my opinion. Yeah, no question. Yeah. And you can't take that away from him. Sure. Mm-hmm. But does this win by Georgia reignite other teams? Because they lost to AM. And they, they've always, Bama's always had that one or two loss season, and then they win mm-hmm. it all at the end. So you mm-hmm. can't count them out until they're out. Sure. Um, but my question is, I guess, is is this Saban's, was that Saban's last chance at a title? Well, I. Wouldn't I mean I wouldn't three see years. that? I mean in three years, I mean anything can happen, obviously. But sure. and with the with the way Georgia is emerging and the class yeah. that they have coming back yeah. and the players now that mentally got over that mm-hmm. that mental block of for whatever it is, we just can't beat Bam and now mm-hmm. we can. I don't. Well, I, I think I think Georgia and I think Texas A and M have certainly ascended to. Maybe, maybe not Texas A&M quite the same. But I think Georgia's in Alabama's class now, for sure. Yeah. I think Texas A&M is close. Very so, close, especially with the number one class so, that they have. So Alabama has to play Texas A&M every year. So that could be two losses mm-hmm. each year for Alabama. They're not winning a title with two losses. No. So let me let me make one point to your to your point. Yeah. I mean, my, my, obviously my default is... It's Bama. it's Alabama, it's Bama. right? I know, <laughs> and so you, you never bet it's against them. However, uh, to your point, Nick Saban has been kind of been at the forefront of this like new sort of concept in college coaching, where he's not rah rah Pete Carroll in the huddle. He runs it more like he's the CEO of a business. Yeah, and there's organizational structures, mm-hmm. and he has coaches and delegations, mm-hmm. and. The players are. We've talked about this. The players are very much treated like employees, and it's no, like, listen, sure. <laughs> you're you're a five star. You wait your turn. You get on the field. You go to the NFL. Exactly. If you're not willing to wait your turn. Get the hell out. We don't care about yeah, you. Yeah. Right. You, you will go to the NFL. It'll just won't be as high of a pick as you should be. Right. Yeah. Well, well, right. But but the idea is basically like we have such an extreme wealth of talent. Yeah. That it, it it's not going to kill Alabama if if one no. Jalen Hurts transfers. No, no, right, and it didn't. And it didn't. Right. No, of course. But You're so, right. but what I'm saying is, where it, I think it's going to hurt him is you have kind of tectonic changes occurring in college football mm-hmm. that I don't think he's going to be able to react to very quickly. Yeah. One, one of course that they that they deal with every year. Is he has such extreme turnover in his coaching staff? Yeah, and Georgia's starting to feel that too. Like Dan Lanning is mm-hmm. the head coach at Oregon now. Um, so, but when you're a more personally involved mm-hmm. coach like Kirby Smart, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when, when you're not the CEO who's removed, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're more personally involved in day to day. I feel like Kirby can weather that storm easier Probably. than if you're because I mean that was we'll that, find out. That was I mean, a problem with Alabama this yeah, year. Yeah. Even was they lost Steve Sarkeesian to Texas. Mm-hmm. Bring in Bill O'Brien, and their offense was not very good for a good portion of the season. Yeah, until until they honestly they put the ball in more in Young's hands. I mean, yeah, right. Young Mechie Williams show. But that I mean that's a part of why they lost to Texas A&M. Yeah. I'm sure that's a part of why they lost to Georgia, and that's just a that's just a culture fit that didn't work. Yeah, and it's I think part of it is because Nick Saban is removed from that situation. Well, O'Brien's going to the NFL now. Like, right, so you got to bring someone else potentially, to it. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. So I, I think if I had to bet money, yeah, I think the smart money is Alabama 
won't in the next three years, you're saying? Yeah. I don't because think he I'm will giving, win another one. But... I'm giving Saban three more years to coach. I just based on, I, I don't think he's going to coach when he's 75 and he's 71. I think he's out when he's 74 turning 75. I think he's going to lose. Well, but then you have to think about the national landscape. Yes, Georgia's way up. Yeah. And yes, Texas A&M's up. But outside of the SEC, Oklahoma's down. Clemson's down. But Oklahoma will be in the SEC at that point. So yeah. who's to say how long? And Texas, who's to say how long they stay down? Texas you get, is going to stay down for You a get an SEC class, you know what I mean? And, and, and but I'm saying yeah. national landscape, yeah. who are your national champion competitors? USC is down. Yeah. Oregon is down. Mm-hmm. They had four losses this year. Yeah. I mean, really, outside of the SEC, your really only main national champion contender is Ohio State. Yeah. Or... Yeah, somebody from someone else from Big Ten. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe Michigan. Michigan. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, they're already talking about Harbaugh going to the NFL. Now. They are, they are, but I don't think he's going to because he just signed that extension. I, I can't think, imagine I don't think, he. Would. I don't think they'll be able to buy to. If he decides, I think he's going to have to leave a lot of money on the table. So let me put it this way, then. Here's my <laughs> my projection. Yeah, yeah. And then I want to hear your thoughts on For this sure. too. But is in the next three years, I think. The smart money is the SEC will win two titles. Oh yeah. The question is, <laughs> the question is, will one of them be Alabama? Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. Really? You see, it, it, I could see Georgia, Georgia winning it again. Two? I could see Georgia winning it again. I could see potentially Texas A&M. Stop. <laughs> we so, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this again. A&M has. They, yes, you guys got you pulled the number one rated recruiting class. You still have four losses. Like that to me shows me that you're not ready for the big stage yet. Now, depending on how well they do in 2022, I might change my tune. But until proven otherwise, AM is another team that comes in every year with over high. Mm, I know you feel like I, they I cleaned up their quarterback situation though. They got Max Johnson. They in. got rid of Calzada though. Yeah, I know. Well, Max Johnson's better than Calzada. Calzada beat Bama. <laughs> like. You can't, well, you can't tell me. The, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He had like, one miracle me, game. We also saw him miracle. In, we also saw him in person do nothing against yeah, Colorado because he can't. And, and but we did. We did debunk that theory, though. I, I really mm-hmm. do believe we debunked that theory. That offense he was better than Haynes' game. Yeah. That offense is so complex that the more reps he got in that offense, the better. That's he a very good point. You, you were right about that. That's and I sure. think it was mm-hmm. one of those things where it's just like he 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 wasn't prepared to be the starter. He got thrown in and out yeah. in the first quarter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, I think he would have played regardless, because there, there's no way that game we went to King was gonna he was gonna finish the game. Yeah, like he was just wasn't. But yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I so think your right. thoughts on that? I think you're right. I think I think that the number one contender next year, until proven otherwise, is going to be Bama, and I think the number two will be Georgia, and then I think three is Ohio State. And then if I had to, if you if you're holding a gun in my head and saying we'll pick four because that's how many teams are going to make the playoff, then I'm going to pick probably an. And I always do this to myself, and I don't know why, but I'm going to pick USC. Because USC is one season away every single year from, from being undefeated. They're, they're three games away from being undefeated. And those games are U of A, and those games are ASU, and those games are sometimes even a CU. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those things where, and, 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 and this is based on what I've recently seen in the transfer portal. If Caleb Williams goes to USC, USC has a very good chance to go undefeated in the Pac-12. 
because they don't play in defense. the Pac-12. Yes, that's what I'm saying. If they go undefeated, well, but yeah. they, they don't play anybody that's big name, uh, right? What's pull up their schedule? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking USC's non-conference games. Well, so first of all, first of all, if you say Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, first of all, yeah, they they land Lincoln Riley, so that's an incredible. I think absolutely USC's on the way back. Yes. Up. Yeah, but USC went four and eight this year. Yeah, they had four wins. It was terrible. That's you. I I'm sorry, you don't go from four and eight. And they're to losing undefeated. Drake London, and they're yeah, they're losing a lot of talent. But I think Caleb Williams can fix that team. And yeah, they have going, great players going coming with Lincoln in. Lincoln Riley. Here, I'm pulling up their 2022 yeah, football what is their schedule. 2022? I want to know because this will tell me if I'm predicting this this top four to be. This is uh, it won't be damaged for those of you interested. FBS schedules. FBS schedules. And they have any team you could want. Their schedule's set out for the next 10 years, years or yeah, whatever. Because they do them pretty far out in advance. Like, I know that Georgia had this. When they announced the Georgia-Oregon game in 2022, I was like, it's like 2015. I don't care about 2022. So, <laughs> so here we go. You're right. It's a pretty soft schedule. Yeah. But they got Rice, Stanford, Fresno State. Stanford's, they picked up Emma Smith's son at running back. So, I'm excited to see how he does. Stanford... Stanford finished three and nine. Pac-12 yeah. is way down. I'm, I'm talking individual player. I don't care about. No, that yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm but not a tree fan. then at Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State, Utah. They're at Utah. Utah's but, a team too that yeah. you just like. You're like, dang. Like every year, you're very, very solid. What's it going to take to get over the hump and go undefeated and make the playoffs? Because I well, think that Utah hey, team, that Utah team would have beat Michigan. That Utah if team, they, you know what it was? Is uh, it was uh, Charlie Brewer. They yeah. when they switched in that San Diego State game, yeah, they yeah. switched to Cam Rising. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose again yeah. until they lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it was this, a close game. This Utah yeah. team would have gone twelve and two if they started Cam Rising um, the whole year. Yeah, it's it, but, and they probably would have been in conversation. But then Arizona, Cal, Colorado, at saying, UCLA, like, Notre so they'll Dame. lose to Cal and they'll lose to Notre Dame, and you're just like, dang. You know what I mean? Like, so it's unfortunate. Well, I think that, I don't think they'll lose. Now. I don't. I think I'm with you. USC is one of those programs. I think within three years they could be yes a playoff contender. Yeah. But not next year. It's no. going to take some time. Yeah. I Even though the Pac-12 is down, and that's why I'm so frustrated with the Buffs is like the Pac-12 has never been more vulnerable, and yet we have this completely limp, weak approach, and we're losing 14 guys in the transfer portal. It's like until can we can we just like be clear until proven otherwise like there's going to be two SEC teams yeah if because there should be there more than likely it'll be Georgia Bama again because I don't see because everybody in the East again is I mean you have Kentucky which everybody makes me laugh what about Kentucky what about Kentucky yeah. like no you, they're solid they had a good program. year they, they had, had a great year, year mm-hmm. under Stoops and they yeah. they brought in. Uh, you know, a decent class, but it's you're still going up. But you have to compare how they're going to do against Georgia, mm-hmm. and they're still not that team. Yeah. Tennessee is not that team. Uh, Florida, not yet. You know, what I, mean? I think I. You know my thought. I think Georgia's the king of the East. However, oh, for sure. However, I think the next best team next year probably Tennessee, South Carolina. Well, maybe South now Carolina. South. That's a good point. I was going to say South Carolina, that's a, we, and we can hi, we can transition into them because they had a really they they're killing it in the portal right now. Duh. They're killing it. The snake, rattle, rattle, old Spencer. We'll see how he holds up against a real. I mean, we saw how he went up against you know Texas. Yeah. Like he didn't do too well. No, he and, was a shrinking <laughs> violet. I mean, sure. I don't know, 
So yeah. all right, you want to talk a little transfer? Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, I just I just wanted to just get your thoughts on like. So you think the season was pretty pretty solid as a season? You thought the parity of teams was really good. Um, I did my way too early. I said Georgia, Ohio State, USC, Bama as the final four, which is could happen outside of USC. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, we talked about just as far as your final thoughts on. Obviously, we should we both think they should expand the playoffs. I think yeah, right. Mm-hmm. We both yeah. agree on that. Nick Saban coaching three more years is this, but we didn't really talk about that much, and I want to kind of rehit that. Does Georgia build the dynasty now, or is it still Bama? So that's the question, right? Yeah. Is we what we saw with LSU? They came out of nowhere, won a title, and then they had two losing seasons back to back. But I'm not expecting. I LSU, hope not. LSU had a very bad class, though. Like their 2018 and 2017 class were terrible. Yeah. They didn't have top five classes. Georgia every single year has had a top three class. I I, I think they're going to so be more consistent than yeah, that. And that's why I was thinking. I was trying to. I was making that argument. I was like, it's you can't really compare them to the LSU because their offense was insane. Mm-hmm. Georgia's offense was anemic. You know what I mean? Like actually, Georgia's offense next year will probably be better than this offense this year, which is you if, if we're thirty on everybody. If we're if we're let me ask you this: If we're fast forwarding to the SEC championship game next year, Bama Georgia. But I'm saying. Okay, Bama Georgia, fine. <laughs> but if one of those two teams was not to make it, which one is more likely? Georgia. You, you, who would beat Georgia? Florida. So it's the Kirby Smart. It's it's. I love Kirby Smart, but he's always had that one loss, that loss that yeah. he shouldn't be losing to. Yeah. I would I would make the argument that right now South Carolina is in contention for the SEC East. I well, would. I don't know. I, I would. Be, be, they have a hell of a coach. They just got their quarterback, mm-hmm. and if they can find any, if I mean he's talented, he really is. Yeah, Shane Beamer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think of what she want with Rattler, though. Like, oh no, I, the head coach. It's yeah, Beamer's Beamer's very talented, but I'm saying if you can get any any shred of that talent, you can make him a three star quarterback with the pieces that they have coming mm-hmm. back. I think South Carolina is a threat to Georgia in the East. I really do, and you also have Kentucky too. So it's one of those things where it's like. If I were to say, and it hurts saying that as a Georgia fan, but they're losing so many pieces, mm-hmm. I have to see how they play against Oregon until I can. If 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 they because Dan Lanning is the former D coordinator yeah, going to Oregon, you Oregon's know I mean? gonna take some time too. No, and I agree that, but I just want to see how. This, and Travis Dye just entered the transfer portal. Yeah, I don't know if you saw yeah. that. And Ty, well, Tyke Smith just announced a second ago he's coming back to Georgia. So cool. Um, I think I think it will be Bama Georgia, or potentially it could be A and M Georgia. I don't see, see anybody else. Right. See, I think, I think A&M, them? I hear you. And you yeah. know I think Tennessee is much improved. Yeah, yeah. I think Florida is dumpster fire. Well, they are. I think they, were, they were what Tennessee was last year. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They really were. Yeah. They just got destroyed by the portal. Mm-hmm. They didn't know who their quarterback was. They, they found Yeah. Him. But Tennessee won't start a hooker. They just got that kid that transferred in. That no, they've got to start a hooker. They won't. He's going to play a little which is I don't know. Which about is that. nuts to me because I thought we'll we'll I see. I think good. the smart move at the very at the very least at the beginning of the season yeah. is to start Hendon Hooker. Yeah, but I I just think A and M and maybe even Ole Miss. I mean, we'll see what they can do replacing Matt Corral. Not Matt Corral, I don't know. But but I think yeah, I think A and M for sure is closer to Alabama than mm-hmm. anyone in the East is to Georgia. Would you yeah, disagree yeah, with that? No, I would agree. Oh. I would agree. I think yeah, you're right. Like. But Alabama gets A&M at home next year. Because Alabama has A&M in, the, in Auburn, and they also have Ole Miss. They have to go through. So the West. LSU, Brian Kelly the now. West is very favorite hard. guy. Yeah, no. Former Notre Dame coach. Stop it. The West is harder than the East. We all know that. Mm, I think so. Yeah. And I think, I think until 
And it's been like this the last three years, honestly. I, I mean, outside of the Kyle Trask 2020 20, 20 year, um, where they beat Georgia to go to the SC title game. It's been Georgia in the East, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I don't think it's going to change. Yep. I really don't. I'm just trying to talk South Carolina up because I think that they're much improved than they will be. Um, and they always give Georgia a really good fight because mm-hmm. it's a rivalry game. And I th- it's at South Carolina this coming year. And what might be fun about that, too, is it might actually finally make the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry legitimate. Legitimate? Yeah, yeah, maybe. You never know. Clemson is down. Can we talk about them real quick? Yeah, but they finished like, with, what, 10? 11 wins. That's what I'm saying. Like For a down year for them, they finished very, very strong. They finished... 10 wins, 10 and 3. Well in the ACC. They fin- I mean, outside of Wake Forest and Pitt... And which nobody saw coming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, what do we expect with Clemson? Like, do, oh, do you I expect them to be in the in the mix again? Because I, I think they're back next year. Yeah, I, I mean, it all we depends on DJ Uyunglele. However, I will tell you, their their longtime championship level defensive coordinator Brett Venables just went and took the Oklahoma job. Mm. So that could be a problem because yeah. their defense has always been their calling card, Clemson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was the thing this whole year. They, they had no offense. Still, Brian Brzee. Brzee, yeah. I, 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 I've talked. He's going to be the number one pick next year. Yeah. Like, he will be the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. He's just too good. He's I think still- they'll be back. But one team to keep an eye on is Pittsburgh because Keaton Slovis from USC just transferred to Pittsburgh. So then Caleb Owens is for sure going to USC. I think he probably is. Yeah, yeah he's for sure. That's why it's listed as 100% there. That mm-hmm. makes more sense now. Did that just happen today? And the, and their backup quarterback, Jackson Dart, is in the transfer Yeah, he's in the portal, well. too. And, yeah. so He needs to come to Colorado. <laughs> he's yeah, not going we to can talk that. about Colorado and their lack of ineptitude, their lack of ability to use NIL and use Oh, it's portal. a real problem. It's a joke. Like the, uh, It frustrates me, and I'm not even a fan. Okay, so um, let's move on, though. Like. Okay. From the the portal, let's talk about the portal because, and we can we can talk about CU's lack, and not just CU, but, you know, other schools like them too, um, like San Diego State could benefit from BYU can benefit because you know BYU only uses players that are like thirty years old, so it doesn't matter. Um, but the portal is it good or bad? There's been a lot of things, and I said at the beginning of this year the transfer portal is going to be just bonkers, like it's going to be nuts, and it hasn't disappointed. Right. It's been insane. Um, a lot of players are, are announcing, and usually the two teams, the two final teams, they're always in the national title, and then they'll have a bunch of players leave. That's no, that's no secret. Uh, Bama, for whatever reason, always holds on to their players, which is kind of crazy to me. Uh, so something's in the water there that Nick Saban's got them drinking. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's good. I really do. I think the portal is good because you have teams like South Carolina that are benefiting from it. You have because te- they would never have gotten Spencer Rattler. You know, straight out of high school to recruit to them, ever. He, he would never have committed to South Carolina. He didn't. He went to Oklahoma. So it's like you're not going to get a top, you know, I say what you want about Rather, but he was the number one quarterback in his class. You're not going to get a number one overall player if you're a team like South Carolina, like CU, like CSU, like mm-hmm. Wyoming, without the portal. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's good for programs like that. I really do. And Oregon is benefiting from it, too. Well, and you don't have to be – Colorado could benefit from yeah. – you don't have to be a Georgia or a USC. Let me give no. you the no, – no, this no. is 24-7 sports. Mm-hmm. This is the transfer portal uh, rankings as of today. Uh, fifth, well, yesterday, the 15th of January. Mm-hmm. Number one, Florida State, who was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. Number two, Arizona. Arizona. 
who is who fit, who's the only team that finished below Colorado in the Pac-12? Mm-hmm. How are they second in the country in the transfer portal and Colorado's getting destroyed? Three, Georgia Tech. Four, Texas. Five, Georgia Florida. Georgia Tech just lost their, their running back. Yeah, Yamir Gibbs yeah. to Alabama. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, it is a straight up, I'm with you. I understand, listen, as a Colorado fan, you're probably furious about the transfer portal right now because mm-hmm. you're getting destroyed by it. Yeah. But it's a pure democratization of the sport. And Tennessee was the exact same last year. They said, Tennessee fans were like, transfer portal's a joke. They shouldn't even, because they were getting destroyed. You know what I mean? And Tennessee right. lost Cayman Marley, like a receiver, a four-star. So, I mean. Well, last year they lost Henry Toa Toa to Alabama. Yeah. But listen, if you're not going to act on it, then yeah, you're going to get rolled by the transfer portal. That just is what it is. So yeah. there's plenty of time. Like I said, players like Jackson Dart, I mean, you got five-star players who are jumping ship from big-time programs. Mm-hmm. Pursue them. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. So I'm with you. I think I think it's a good thing. <clears throat> I, I think what you're ultimately going to see, in my opinion, I would be interested to see what you think about this. Right now it's pretty much a free-for-all. Yeah. You just have to file a paperwork and you can go into the transfer portal. Yeah. I think eventually we're going to see Windows. Like, yeah. we, like we have recruiting windows, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see windows when you can enter or uh, contact players in the transfer portal. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, Which well, I think is fine. Brennan Rice is going to USC. Yeah. That's tough. Brennan Rice to USC and Christian Gonzalez to Oregon. Yeah, I saw that. Two of our best young players on our team just transferred to schools within our own conference. <laughs> That's okay. Jalen Kimber went from Georgia to Florida. So yeah. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, I, that should be a, that should be a, like a rule. Like you can't go in conference. Like that might be a rule. Like so, let me ask you this though. Let me like piggybacking off the rules. You said that I think in the future there's going to be some rules with the transfer portal. Do you think that there needs to be like okay, you can transfer for free one year. So like if and not lose eligibility, but if you transfer twice, you lose a year of eligibility. Or do you, and but you can't go in conference. I think I think if you made it the rule where you can't. I mean, I get it. Like it kind of. I don't think that would be allowed because there would be a bunch of things in place. Like, well, I really liked the Pac-12. That's why I chose right. this team in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you, you you can go to the Big Ten or you can go somewhere else, and then that next season you can transfer. You know what I mean? Like, so you can. You, you, would you start to see these teams doing one years, one years, kind of like in the NBA where? They're doing one-year deals, one-year max contract deals, and then they're going to go somewhere else to play with a bunch of other players. Um, I, that's where I think it's heading now. Yeah. Like Brennan Rice, Caleb Williams. I mean, two very big-name players mm-hmm. are going to go play together at USC. Like, uh, I mean, I don't well, know. Well, for those guys, those are Southern California guys to begin yeah, with. Yeah, they are. And so I, what, the main, if you were to look at all trends involved in Transfer Portal, mm-hmm. probably the most stark trend is what you see are players who go to another school and then when they enter the transfer portal they basically come back home yeah you know so yeah. you'll see yeah. probably uh the guy you were just talking about the transfer from georgia to florida he's probably originally, yeah originally from florida i'm guessing Maybe. i don't know um, well it would be my guess yeah but that's like the main trend you see with these transfer portal stuff okay. so i don't know if you would see them then transferring again the next year and the next year and the next year, mm-hmm. but but ultimately I'm I, listen I am I'm a big time free market guy. Yeah. Listen, too. if if Brian Kelly can up and leave, if Lincoln Riley can up and leave, then why why can't the players up? And, leave? and I a hundred percent agree with that. I think if you are committing because of a coach and that coach is like, you know what, I'm out. You have every right to decommit that second and say I'm going. Like I am leaving. Well, um. 
you know, and I, I just think it's it's exciting when you have a player like Jackson Dart, like Caleb Williams, like, and they're all quarterbacks, obviously, but like, you know, like Spencer Rattler, Quinn Ewers, mm-hmm. that they're like, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else. And it's like, oh, man. And then you see the NIL deals start right. to just pour in for these players. I mean, these kids are going to get a million dollars minimum. You know what I mean? Like, Well, let's talk about somewhere. Correct. I think... You know this much better than I do, but was Quinn Ewers was the top recruit last year, wasn't he? He was the nation's number one overall quarterback, yes. And he was recruited out of Texas to Ohio State, right? He let, yeah, he he un, he left his second semester of high school, like he graduated early to go to Ohio State, right? So he could early enroll. And at the time, in the fall, everybody, everybody, <laughs> listen to this. At the time, Alan I said, and I talked about. I said he's going to start. Like he well, there were do that to there play, were four or five quarterbacks in that quarterback room at Ohio State who were four and five stars. Yeah, and we said with the transfer portal, this will not stand. Exactly. And since then, three Ohio State quarterbacks have transferred. One being the exact one you said. Yeah. You said he's either going to start or he's transferring. He's either going to play or he's going to transfer. That's that's what you said, and you were right. And he's back in Texas. Yeah, yeah, Quinn Ewers. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, let's just look at Ohio State. So they had. Yeah, they had a ton. Quinn Ewers, was the Amar Reap, I uh, was leaving. He's a four-star, and they also lost to Texas or no to uh, Craig Young to went to <laughs> State to Kansas, which you don't see that too often. Um, Darian Henry Young, Tanner McAllister, JP Andre, and JP Andre Andrade was a three-star, and he's he's he was on that roster. Obviously, he's transferring because you know he knows like he's not going to play. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that. Like, when you hear people say that I'm mad about the transfer portal, it's because your team just got anally raped in the transfer portal. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, which is understandable, but at the same time, you can't be mad at these players for getting promised to go and play right away by that coach and then that coach leaving. I don't don't think it's bad. I don't think it's a big deal. I've been saying this since the middle of the season with how terrible Colorado's passing game was. Mm -hmm. I said, if you are a Brendan Rice or a Levante Chenault, or uh, 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 Stanley, uh, Dimitri Stanley. Here, yeah. Why would you stay? There's why there's would no, you stay? There's no need. There's a zero percent chance you're going to go to the NFL if you stay. Mm-hmm. There so is. of course they transfer. Guess who's in the transfer portal now? Jarek Broussard. Yeah. Oh, he committed today. He, no, he oh, is yeah. in the portal now. Oh, okay. Jarek Broussard. Mm. I mean, Colorado is getting destroyed in the portal. There's a real culture problem going on there. And it, listen, that's not about the transfer portal. No, it's about CU. Football. That's about your culture. You got to figure that out. Yeah, it's about it's about uh, CU football. Yeah, that was on the thirteenth. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, next man up. Hopefully, you know what I mean. This is why, like, when you see player like this, is why I thought Sawchuck, the fact that CU lost him, was just a joke. No. Like, I mean, when you have a five-star recruit, which never really happens in Colorado ever, it's no. really rare. I mm-hmm. mean, the last one was Christian McCaffrey. Like, right. and you let him go without even a fight to Oklahoma, and then Lincoln Riley leaves, and he's still committed to Oklahoma. Like, you know, he does not want to play for you at all. Yeah, like, he has. He well, brought, there's a long storied history of of that. I mean, yeah. that even going back to early two thousands. It was uh, the backfield at USC was Reggie Bush and who, who am I thinking of? Matt or uh, oh yeah, um, Lendale White. Lendale White out of Denver. Yeah, the touchdown leader out of Denver. Yeah, ends up going on to this pr- a pretty decent cup of coffee career in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Won two national championships at USC, right out of, under our nose here in Denver. Yeah, crazy. 
crazy, crazy. And then Philip Lindsay. I mean, that's the biggest name I think running back wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, so the I mean, I don't know. I, I think the transfer portal is really good um, in the sense where if you're able to capitalize on it, it's good for you. And you need to start. You're going to start finding teams that are going after coaches that have probably have high have had high success in the portal, not just success recruiting. I mm-hmm. think because now it adds an entirely new element of recruiting because you're like, you know what, we didn't get the running back that we wanted. But here in about four months, we'll be able to target a running back. You know well, I mean? here's why it's perfect. Well, let me just say this to you first, and you'll you'll get a kick out of this. But the the and I'll give you another reason why Colorado fans don't like the transfer portal right now, mm-hmm. and that's because who is the reigning king of the transfer portal right now? Oh, uh, USC. Mel Tucker at oh. Michigan State. <laughs> okay, so that also gets Colorado fans in the in the ass. But but um. <laughs> the big problem with Colorado for most of the year that they blamed their offensive miseries on was the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time, you recruit offensive linemen. They're raw. It takes them some time to gel, to mesh. With the transfer portal, you go get guys who are ready to go. Yeah. You plug they and played. you play. They you can played. fix those problems right away. Exactly. So Colorado should be in the transfer portal getting offensive linemen. Right now, and a quarterback right now. And a lot of that comes from NIL deals. Just the yep. lack of, for whatever reason, but but Matt McChesney has said this, and I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah. Like he, mm-hmm. he said that the, the fact is, until Boulder recognizes that they have a football, football team, yep. CU football will not will not last. Like, it's yep. just going to be a thing of the past. Because people in Boulder and that town do not really support the team. Yeah. They, like... Which is crazy to me. No, it's true. Because there's a lot of fans outside of Boulder that you're like, oh my god, like it just, it just, it would frustrate me as. And it's not just the community; it's the university as well, the athletic department. But isn't that on them for coming out and saying, hey, look, like we can be really competitive here. Like we have a very, we have an altitude advantage. Mm -hmm. No one else can really say that. Mm -hmm. You know, Utah can and BYU can, but outside of that, like we can run these kids out of town when they show up from California. We should be destroying these teams, and. Just give us a little bit of money. And like, you have a history. You have a national championship. Yes. You have a Heisman Trophy winner. You have a Hall of Champions. You have a Hall of Champions. I mean, yeah. it, it, no, but it, it, but it is. It's, it's a mentality, mm-hmm. and then they're not committed. They just don't. The reality is Boulder and CU does not care as much about football as like a Utah. Because the comp you always get is, well, they shouldn't have joined the Pac-12. They've been bad ever since they joined the Pac-12. So, well, Utah joined the same year we joined. Was we, it say they, their you, biggest bowl win was what two thousand nine? They haven't won a big bowl game since. We've, then. we've had two ten win seasons in the last like twenty five years, mm-hmm. and and basically the rest of the seasons were losing seasons. Yeah, but but Utah comes into the Pac twelve the same year we come in. They don't have any advantages over Colorado. No. We have more we have more money, better boosters. We have a better location, better facilities. You send people into space. I mean, like. there's no reason, and yet Utah, they just won the Pac-12 this yep, last year. Yep, which is insane. There, what's, there's no other way to explain it. Yeah. They I, just flat out, Boulder and CU just doesn't care about football as much as like a Utah. And I don't know how you change that. I think Matt Chesney's right, and I don't know what you do about that. I think you have to get someone in here that, the problem is you can't, but you have to get someone in here that's a big time coach. And the problem is CU will not be able to afford that player. Or that coach. Well, look at, I mean, Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker Michigan Davis. State pays him, you know, and whatever is $9 million dollars a year. And his assistants. And his assistants. And then you get you get a, a, an 11-2 season. That's what you get out of that. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, and you beat Michigan. And you beat Michigan. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. We've talked enough about Colorado. I just, yeah, yeah. Well, you know my frustrations Let's, let's talk a little bit more about, not just Colorado, but NIL. Like, the lack of certain teams 
So Texas A&M it was reported that they spent a lot of money on that recruiting class, and like each kid basically they spent like twenty five million dollars basically, which means each kid in that recruiting class is getting a million dollars for sure. Now that's not a team that cares about football. Not, in, but it's Texas A&M. So right. if Texas A&M can do it, why can't Texas? Why can't Texas Tech? So my question is: Are we about to see those once? amazing schools like Florida State, Miami, Texas, like just where the bloodline is only football in mm-hmm. those like, and I'm talking Florida, Texas, California, because everything else kind of stems from there. Mm-hmm. You can maybe argue a little bit of, of New York, but I don't, I don't, Ohio I don't, maybe. And some part, yeah, parts of Ohio, um, but Ohio State, Ohio State's Ohio State. Like, yeah, you they know, don't if you're from it. Ohio, you're going to go to Ohio State, yeah. like um, uh, potentially Penn State. Teams like that, are they? Is there going to be within the next three years? And I say three years because that's when I think Saban's going to leave. Hmm. Is there going to be a shift in that NIL where all these players are going to just get massive deals before they're you know twenty? And they're already it's already happening, I think. But can teams like are you going to start to see shifts in recruiting classes because we've already seen A and pay basically pay for the number one overall class? Bam and Georgia were able to compete because it's Bam and Georgia. And right. They both have really good recruiters, hmm. but. Um, and they probably paid pretty decent too. The, the, well, that's the thing. The Georgia, <laughs> yes. So the rumor was that, like, it wasn't a rumor, but the, the the latest thing I saw was someone said that yeah, these teams were paying for players the entire time, but just now it's legal. Yeah. You know, oh, in the SEC for sure. Yes. So yeah. it's like, all right, cool. Like everybody's known that for years. But I want to go into the team rankings here for the recruiting class. Ohio State's number four. Texas is number five. And then you have Penn State, and then you have Notre Dame at seven. Then you have North Carolina at eight. And they're never in the top ten, but that's that's a credit to Mac Brown. Mac Brown, yeah. You have Missouri at eleven. Wow. Like so, you have Missouri, Kentucky, Auburn, and then you have Florida State. Florida State's obviously tearing it up, and then you have Tennessee at fifteen. So that's the top fifteen. And then, but my question is like, are you, is that because of NIL? Is Missouri and Kentucky in the top twelve because of NIL, or is it just because their their coaches are decent? Because I, I, yeah. I used to be a big fan of can this coach recruit versus can this coach spend money. Now I'm starting to switch gears and say, how much money is this coach getting backed by? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you're going to see, I think you're going to see, you're going to continuously see Bama, Georgia, USC, Ohio State at the top. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. they have the most money to spend. <coughs> and Georgia re- realized that when Kirby Smart came in, when he was like, we don't even have an indoor facility. Like, right. you need to build this. Um, my... My, I guess my the biggest question I have though is, until NIL gets figured out because it's still brand new, are we going to see this continued trend of teams like that just spending just oodles of money on these players, or is it going to be kind of reined in? Well, I think, and you would again know this better than me, but as so, there's only X amount of five stars, mm-hmm. right? There's yeah. only X amount of four stars, and so basically, so usually only twenty twenty. 20 or 25 five stars. Right, but so what I'm saying is the difference between the top recruiting ranked team mm-hmm. and the fifth is a bigger difference than the difference between the sixth and the tenth. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. The gap closes as you go down the rankings. Yes. Beca- and, and so as you go down the ranking, I'm wondering if somewhere around like 11, Missouri, if they were able to buy... Now, they may only have two five-stars as compared to Georgia, who gets ten. Missouri has one. So, so, but here's my point, is they get one five-star. 
that at that level could move them up maybe 20 spots so, I mean, based yeah. off of one guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas if they were third and they got one more five-star, it wouldn't move them at all. Yeah, so here's the breakdown of the five-stars. Six of them went to A&M. Three of them, and that's the most. Three of them went to Bama. Five went to Georgia. Um, Ohio State has two, and then everybody else, North Carolina has two, but everybody else has zero or one. Um, and the reason why A&M pulled this class in is because they had – they had obviously one more five star, and they also had nineteen four stars. Georgia had five five stars, fifteen four stars, and seven three stars. So the fact that they kind of averaged it out to where they were, I mean, and they only finished behind Bama by a point. So, well, so what, what, what I would say then is the fact that it's not basketball where you only need basically five guys. Yeah, you need twenty two. Yeah. So there's, you can't just. Money is not the be-all, end-all, because you can't just buy one guy and be yeah. set. You really need those those 14 four-stars. They need them as much as they need the, the six five-stars. Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? So that yeah. money has to be spread out more. I, I don't I don't think money is, as personally, I don't think it's as big of a factor. So then it's not a big factor. Okay, that was my question. But I do, I do agree with you. I think in time, just like with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. you're go- these things are kind of wide open right now. Yeah. You're going to see regulations implemented. Okay, and that was my next question. was like, are we going to start seeing that? And, and I think, you know, just how we broke it down based on, like, the five stars or whatever. I think you're right. It's not a big deal. Um I thought it was just like incredible, but then we just looked at it a second ago, and I just changed my mind. And I don't think NIL is ruining it at all. I thought it could potentially have a, have a part to play in maybe someday ruining it, but now, no, because you're still able to recruit. You still have to go into these kids' mm-hmm. homes. You still have to get them to want to go to that school with this NIL deal and continue to recruit them. Otherwise, they're going in the transfer. Portal. Yes, exactly, which we just established. Um, it has been fun. I'm not gonna lie. So, moving forward, um, Tyson and I talked about it. Uh, we're going to be, just because our lives are so separate and everything like that, that we will be occasionally together, which is going to be awesome. But for the most part, leading you up into the draft and then after the draft, it's soon going to be me just doing my draft like profiles on certain players. And I promised I would break down individual players versus um, overall prospect groups, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. So, I've got my work cut out for me for sure. <laughs> Tyson is going to, when he is able to... Um, is going to break down basketball for you guys. And uh, there's going to be a couple times where I'm going to talk about basketball, so bear with me because I don't know all of that. I don't know very much about it, but I'm down to learn a little bit. We're watching games. Exactly. Good talk. No, I appreciate it. I think we got a good plan. Agreed. agreed. And come March, though, I think we'll both be together for sure because March Madness is just awesome. And I love watching those games. But anyway, this has been the Fan Section episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we're a little bit longer than usual, but that's because we had a lot to talk about today, and that's the first time we've been back in the booth together. So thank you so much. Uh, we That is Tyson. I'm Alan, and we are out.